Welcome to the Team Building Podcast, where you'll learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market. Featuring masterminds with team leaders and mega agents, plus in-depth interviews with operations managers and marketing directors of some of the top teams in the country. You'll learn the latest methods to generate and convert leads, streamline your operations, recruit and train better agents, and raise your profit. And now, here's the latest team building podcast. Hey, what's up, you guys? Jeff Cohn here with an amazing guest in another episode of the Team Building Podcast, where we interview top team leaders, broker owners, and thought leaders across the industry. We have Mr. Matty Aitchison on the show with us today, Matthew, to be formal. Oh, um, hailing from Sacramento, California, Matty Aitchison. <sighs> Welcome. Welcome I, was my, I was my own crowd here. Yeah, it's my hot breath coming into the mic. <laughs> Ooh, I'll start off with a really morbid detail that my daughters told me about. They heard it on TikTok. I don't know if it's true. Evidently, when you hear the laughing track on shows today, there's still shows that will throw a laugh track in there. Over 75% of the people in the laugh track are no longer living. Wow. Everyone take that one home. So when you hear people laughing, like, huh, most of those people aren't alive anymore. I think we could probably end the show today because that was maybe the most valuable piece of information I'm going to watch. Incredible. <laughs> it's pretty neat, though, to think, like, just like these podcast episodes, this is going to exist forever. So if people yeah. want to come back in 100 years from now, it's going to be out there. You guys, yeah. Maddie is awesome. Um, I met Maddie, I think, probably one of the first times was, I think, in Tahoe um, at a GoBundance event. I don't know if we go before that. I think we knew of each other, but I hadn't yeah. met yet in person. And he's one of those people that wants to learn and fail forward. And he's a family guy, father, husband, uh, businessman, entrepreneur. Uh, Maddie, I knew you when you were, we were still talking about our real estate teams. I came out, visited him maybe four or five years ago in Sacramento. I remember checking out your team and you were kind of going into more of the investing side. Yep. And then you went from uh, investing in single family to multi and now multi to hotels. Yep. So we'll get into some of that stuff. But before any of that, Maddie, what do you like talking about? Man, I mean, right. You know me, I think anything that is thought provoking and gets my mind uh, and my wheels turning is is always, I'm a student of life. I always tell people like, I'm a student of life. I'm always looking for my next teacher, whether that is the gas, you know, attendant, the grocery clerk, you, you know, the best CEO in town, you know, my daughters. Uh, I'm just a naturally curious person. I like to ask a lot of questions. That's part of why I have my podcast. I've been doing, you know, the Millionaire Mindcast. I think we're on like almost 600 episodes and five and a half years later. Wow. And um, I still get excited to get on the mic and ask questions to hear what are people thinking? What are you doing? What's going on in your world? What challenges are you, you know, overcoming and working through right now? What are the things that are you're, you're crushing it at? And how can I kind of extract some of that and bring it into my own world? Because I think everybody has unique goals, unique timelines tied to those goals. And um you know, the people that I find that are often the most successful and often the most interesting are the people who are usually the ones that are asking the most questions um, and, and just listening and kind of shutting up. So um, I love talking about obviously a lot of what's going on in the world right now, you know, and being that things have really accelerated and pivoted and adapted and evolved so quickly over the course of the last year especially with a lot of the challenges, seeing how people have pulled silver linings out of those and applied new priorities and new principles and new practices, not only to their business, 
um, but going far beyond their bank account, how they're prioritizing their families and their health and their communities, you know, things that really maybe were just kind of on the shelf or, you know, not necessarily at um, the forefront of life and, and having spotlights on them. It seems like this all inclusive, you know, conversation is really something that um, is becoming more common for people nowadays. So it's really funny, it's funny you know, other people. Are. Yeah, through the pandemic, and it's interesting you brought this up, we haven't talked about this a lot on the show, but through the pandemic, I would say people were almost forced to go find their purpose. And they said they saw there was an increase in divorce. There was a huge demand for real estate. I think people started recognizing, hey, if I'm gonna work from home, I might as well upgrade and get something a little bit nicer. But I think people were also forced to ask themselves, how do they want to spend their extra time? Because they realized they didn't need to work 10 hours at the office, they could work six hours from home and have four extra hours. And that's why it's so hard right now. I know I just bought a used boat. And it was it took me three months to find a boat. Every time I call, they were gone, just like real estate. And it's the same thing for everything else that you'd want to have in your backyard, trampoline, swimming pools, all the things that people want to do with their extracurricular time. Um, if you live in a place like I do in Nebraska, where there's not lots to do in the mountains because they don't exist. A lot of people, despite what children in the corn show, I don't see lots of people running around cornfields. And so, you know, you got to find things that you enjoy doing, especially as a family. And that always is somewhat of a challenge. So we invested in a boat. So share us that part of your life, Maddie. You do a great job on social media, uh, sharing your life with people. Some people only stay in one lane. And as you said, multifaceted leaders, I think are the best because they show their real life, not just their work life. The work-life yeah. balance, I know, matters a lot to you and I. It's so what are some of the things you're doing to keep your family engaged? I mean, that's probably the most important thing to me. Um, and this is one of the reasons I think why you and I love each other so much and connect on so many different things is, yeah, we're we're not going to lie to each other and say that we're not money motivated because we are. Um, but also our intention behind why we want to go out and make money, which is to have more time, have more freedom, have more independence, have more epic adventures with people that we love and care about, contribute to causes and charities and things that, you know, allow you to make your money matter. Those are the, you know, the things that I'm very excited about learning and hearing from others' journeys, what they're doing. And fortunately enough, I've been surrounded by a lot of people. I think we all know kind of the two different types of millionaires, right? The one that is a financial killer. They work 90 hours a week. They're bankrupt in their health and their relationships with their kids and their marriage and their community. They only care about money. They're crushing it. They're crushing it. (laughs) Including all their personal relationships. And then there's the people that, you know, not only are killers and financially abundant, but they are millionaires in all areas of their life. They put as much purpose and intention, if not more, in their marriage, in their relationship with their kids, in their ability to travel and create, you know, epic memories and experiences and make an impact. And so those are the things that I feel really fortunate that as I've, you know, I got to see and be exposed to a lot of that before I was even there in some of those areas before I was married, before I had kids. Mm-hmm. And so I was really able to get clarity in what I wanted that to look like for myself. And now as I've kind of grown into that, I get to really execute on those things and make sure that not only am I saying those things are important to me, but that my actions align with those things. The video and the audio are in sync. And, really like that. um, and that's, that's really why I like to share a lot of my journey and my life, because one, I want to make sure that I'm not just talking that message and being that messenger, but I'm living it. The second piece of it is I, by doing that, by giving a window to people to peer into my life, to peer into my thoughts, to peer into how I live and what I do, Part of that is 
um, I get to attract other people that authentically and genuinely feel that same way. And so it's a great connection tool at the same time. So those are things that um, are really important to me is to be able to show those things, um, to be genuine and authentic. I think those are the people who are ultimately going to win and, you know, um, attract the right people long term. And uh, I also want to make sure most importantly that, you know, uh, my kids are at, you know, I look at life and priorities as kind of like a totem pole. And uh, my wife and my kids are at the top of my totem pole. And I want to make sure that um, I am living that and I am showing them that even though I say that to myself, I say that to other people, I say that to them, they feel it, they get to experience that. And so it's been really cool throughout the course of this last year, I felt like, you know, I was very prioritized and congruent with what my core values and my mission is. And at the same time, through all of this, I got to know my wife and my kids on a level that I didn't really even know it was possible to be honest, but I was kind of forced to in uh, you know the chaos of this last yeah. year. And that's been probably the biggest silver lining in all of this. A lot of other great blessings came from the course and the chaos over the last you know year and a half. But most importantly, being so connected and aligned with uh, my family pillar has probably been you know the one that I'm most proud of. That's awesome. We were talking um, right before you jumped on a little bit about that and how it's hard. Not all of our business ventures are such that we could actually introduce our families to them. We were joking even about flip properties. Like there's homes. I don't want my kids to be in the neighborhoods sometimes. Oh, some for sure. Wholesales, right? And so it's really exciting. Uh, we'll, we'll get into this here in a few minutes, but we're going to talk about some new ventures that you're doing that you're proud of where your family can travel. Um, I have some stuff going on in my personal life that I'm introducing to my family that we've never done before to help stretch my family. And I'll invite that into the conversation here in a few minutes. But before doing so, if you guys haven't taken the opportunity, please go out to iTunes and give us a five-star review. We're working on getting over a thousand reviews on iTunes so that other people can gain all this amazing value from podcasts like this one. Give Maddie a shout out. And then Maddie, if you don't mind, for those that didn't catch it and didn't want to hit rewind, what is the podcast that you've created? I know I've been on your show as well, and you guys do an amazing job with that. Yep. Millionaire Mindcast. And ultimately, it's exactly kind of what it sounds like. Um, helping people learn from other millionaires who, again, aren't just right the one vertical the millionaire. Money. They're the whole life millionaire. Um, and so I interview people of all different you know, facets of the world in all different types of industries, um, but that have obviously had some great financial success, but also live very intentionally in those other pillars. And then we do market updates in terms of, you know, stocks, economics, world news and real estate. Um, and then, you know, Fridays are more of just yeah, the Maddie Aran or what's going on in my world. So, um, yeah, people can find that on all podcasting platforms. Check that out, you guys. I attest Maddie's the guy. And he, like he said, he's paying attention to people around him that aren't just millionaires. And that's all that matters in their life. But lives that are lived with purpose. And I think that's a big deal. Um, one of the things I found so fascinating is I've um, rubbed shoulders now with a lot of high net individuals. Um, there's a study that came out of Harvard Business School, and they interviewed 1000 CEOs across a 1000 different companies. And they wanted to come down and figure out what's what the one main attribute that was consistent amongst all CEOs. So some people might say like drive or ambition or leader, you know, what leadership skill was it? And what came out of the study was essentially they found that self-awareness was the attribute that was linked amongst all highly successful individuals. And as you shared your story, a lot of people probably didn't catch it. 
But Maddie said he loves asking really inquisitive questions pertaining to the issues he has that day or that time in his business or in his personal life, and then listening to answers. And I know we shared this story. I'm going to share it again, but we shared this story on the last time I interviewed you. And Maddie and I were on an adventure trip for a few weeks in Vietnam. And of course, we had created space in our lives financially to be able to do a trip like that. But I remember I was engaged in a conversation about my marriage with one of the other members. And Maddie sat and listened for over an hour. And we had, it was a long hike. I, I want to say it was a 127 mile hike in the jungles of Vietnam. <laughs> and so there was a lot of time to talk about a lot of things. And I remember at the end, Maddie brought it up in one of like, we all had time to talk in front of the group. And I remember you talking about all these takeaways. And you were listening to someone who had been married at my, at the time, I think I'd been married about 14 years. And I don't know how long the person I was talking to, but they'd probably been married about the same amount of time. We were having struggles, just like any couple that's married that has struggles. And you were, you were newly wed or almost wed to your wife. And yeah, I remember yeah, just how, yeah, you were just right in there. So I remember how much you took from it and how valuable that was. And it's, it's sad to me because all of us can have that experience. You don't have to go on a, a hike in the jungles of Vietnam to have it. Go ask someone that has an amazing marriage to go to lunch, buy them an $8 Chipotle salad and say, how have you made your marriage so great? Or how do you have that six pack? Or how do you make a million dollars a month residual income? Whatever it is, I have found that people like us, if you find people that have an abundant mindset, they'll sit down with you, they'll do a call with you, and they'll give you everything for a half an hour, 45 minutes. They'll give it to you. The problem is that having the information is, is just one easy part. The hardest part is then applying that information, making it a practice in your life. Yeah, I think the self-awareness piece that you talked about is people that are always looking to level up, they're seekers, right? They're, they're always looking for that next thing. What's the next edge I can gain? And oftentimes, it's not the, the next what you need to do. It's the next who you need to know that can open the world to maybe what the what is. And, you know, I'm a big believer. We grow into the conversations, the environments, that we surround ourselves with. I've been a product of, you know, not so great conversations, not so great environments and the alternative as well. And those have been things that have completely, you know, set me on two completely different trajectories of life. And so taking that audit and being self-aware of going, man, you know, this last quarter wasn't a very strong quarter in my marriage or in my business or in, you know, my relationship with my kids or whatever it may be you know, the self-awareness piece is the biggest part because, um, you know, when I was consulting and working with a lot of different people on the coaching front, um, that was probably one of the biggest pieces of people having their head in the sand, maybe not knowing it, but oftentimes knowing it and just not wanting to do anything about it. And so that curiosity and self-awareness piece, I think is such an important thing because, it creates that space for you to one, become self-aware. And then two, based on what your goals are, actually do something about it and take accountability for it. And, you know, I know after that conversation, you came back and, you know, I think we circled up, you know, based on some accountability that you wanted and your marriage completely took on a new life form. And it was yeah. amazing. And you guys, you know, evolved and broke through. And, you know, that's the beauty of having the right people in your your circle in your world. And, you know, on the contrary, right, it can also be something that can be very detrimental if you don't. So I like to take, you know, my quarterly audit, draw a line down a piece of a piece of paper, have my plus and multiplication side on one side, my subtraction and division sign on the other side, and just writing down all the people that I spent most of my time with. 
and thinking about, are they multipliers? Do they bring and add value to your life? Do they suck and subtract value, energy, money, you know, um, from your life? And I think those are really important things to do. And so that's why I just kind of create little rhythms and habits, uh, to keep my awareness up because at the end of the day, right, we all kind of live in our own little bubbles and have our blinders on based on what we're doing and who we're doing it with and what we're going after. But, uh, it's important to look up and, and to kind of take inventory of, what those things are and who those people are and um, know that you can either, you know, and by doing that, you can either identify, Hey, I need to scrap this. I need, this is a distraction. This is not aligned with my North star and where I'm going. This is not congruent and synergistic with who I say I want to be, what I want to achieve, who I want to be around. Um, at the same time, you can be like, damn, I'm crushing it. Like I need to double down on these relationships or I need to double down on this strategy. That awareness just empowers you. There's no silver bullet to success. I think like you said, the most important piece is just being aware of when you're winning and when you're losing. (laughs) Know where you're at in all areas of your life. And I think that people's greatest fear is to take that gut, you know, to do that gut check, to take the step away and say, am I where I want to be? And for whatever reason, I feel like so many people in society are programmed to take the step away to ask, am I where I want to be? And when they discover that they aren't, to tell themselves there's not a path to get there, there's not a solution, and then to start creating excuses so that they can feel okay with not adding more agents, with not building a system, with not investing, with not losing weight, with not having a good marriage, with not getting remarried, whatever the issue is, they'll make excuses. And so one book that motivated me the most, I get asked this question all the time, why am I how I am? Why am I never satisfied with the status quo? Why am I always trying to perfect every little thing? It's the top five regrets of the dying. I read it at a young age, I was in my mid 20s. And it's not the book in and of itself, but it gave me a perspective I had never threatened myself or dared myself to think about. And that is the perspective of a person that doesn't have very many days left on the earth. So if you knew, and it gets morbid and depressing, but you, if you know, you just have a couple more weeks or a couple months or a couple more years, how would you live your life? And why wouldn't you live your life that way today? Despite the fact that none of us know the day, most of us should not know the day. Why would you not do that now? And it seems hyper aggressive, but I'm not saying like, let's say weight loss is the goal that you have to go run, you know, five hours a day and go, go crazy. What I have found and Maddie will confirm the people that succeed at the highest level do very small and simple things consistently over 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, they do boring things consistently over a long, long period of time. Success is not one in a day. And, and I, I invite the listeners and your listeners alike to embrace the suck. Like you hear, I think the SEAL team says that and mm-hmm. enjoy the journey because at the end of the day, when you look back, you don't care about passing finish lines. Finish lines don't exist. That's fake. We're told yeah. that they do. They don't. There's always a bigger deal. There's a bigger opportunity. You're never, you're never done until you die. And so I always tell my listeners, like, enjoy the journey, man. This is the fun thing. This is what you're going to look back on. If it's not hard, you're probably not stretching yourself far enough. And I watch you, Maddie, and we'll get into hotels now because we already put the carrot out there. That's what we're going to talk about, which is a unique conversation. I don't hear very many people come on and talk about it. But the thing that I've found so unique about you is you were doing great financially with your real estate team and decided to start investing in real estate. You were doing great investing in real estate and then started holding real estate. You were doing great holding real estate and then started doing hotels. And now you're just doing, I don't know what you're all in, but I think you're doing almost all of it. And you're still growing and forcing yourself to do bigger projects and stretch yourself further. And I think the words exactly you used before we started recruiting was something like the big boy project. And in your perception, the 130 unit uh, hotel is a big project. There's people in the world that if it's not a 10,000 unit project, they want nothing to do with it. And that person simply has evolved further along the way. And it's fun for me. And as a, you know, as a thought leader, as a coach, as an influencer, 
I want to see people in a position where they feel stretched. And I don't care if you're a brand new agent and it's your first prospecting call, or you've been in sales 30 years and you're making a call to a Fortune 500 company CEO, as long as you're stretched, you're living. And I feel so bad for so many people that I don't think are living to their greatest extent. And it doesn't matter if they're the same as me. No one's going to be like me. No one's going to be like you. The question is, are you becoming the best version of yourself in every area of your life in a little, in a little way each and every day? Yeah. Talk to us about hotels. Yeah. I mean, um, it's been a journey. That's for damn sure. And, you know, I think back to, uh, well, I got into real estate in 2011 is when I did my first deal, first flip, started building my real estate team to where I'm at today. Um, and it's funny, my wife and I were talking about, she said, yeah, I remember when I met you and you were literally like doing open houses every weekend and door knocking houses every day. And to see where I'm at now, you know, developing. This is, this is 10 years ago. 10 years ago. Yeah. 10 years. 10 years ago. And so it's been, um, it's been amazing, right? I look at the. I stole your flex until now where you're developing. Yeah. Flex. He went from open houses to, this is your book. Open houses to. <laughs> Just trying to dollar hotel projects. <laughs> You know, and it's, um, it's amazing, right? Cause I think <coughs> for me, like you said, there is no finish line. I just want to continue to be stimulated, to be fired up, to wake up every day and go, man, I'm so lucky. Like my definition of success is not a certain level of net worth, you know, passive income is great. And I have goals and milestones of passive income and mailbox money that I'm looking to hit and continue to level up on. But when I think about going back to what you said, the, the, you know, seven regrets, um, when people ask me like, well, dude, what are you chasing? What is your definition of success? What I am chasing is a life fully lived. And when I'm on my deathbed, I want to look in the rearview mirror. I want to watch a replay of my entire life. And it's not going to be how much money I have in my bank account. It's not going to be how much passive income is coming in. It's not going to be how many assets I have on my balance sheet. It's going to be, if I can say this one sentence in that is damn, that was a hell of a ride. That's all I really care about. And that, damn, that was a hell of a ride statement will include a significant amount of peaks and wins and abundance. And it will also include a lot of dark times and a lot of challenges and a lot of valleys. And that's part of the journey. That's, a, to me, a life fully lived. And so that's what I'm chasing right now, to be completely honest. And that's what I have decided I will continue to chase. Now, what is the vehicle that I do that through? Well, that's continued to evolve. And so it started off as being a realtor and just trying to get my first sale to then starting to flip houses, right? Then to holding real estate to now, you know, buying commercial strip centers and to building and developing hotels. And really I fell into hotels on accident to be completely honest. Um, it was somebody who through my brand and through my network and po podcasts um, said, Hey, I've got this great opportunity up in Lake Tahoe. It's a distressed, you know, piece of real estate. And I'm like, Oh yeah. All right. I'm going to buy, you know, this hotel. It's going to be a passive investment. And that was uh, as far from the truth as possible. The one thing about hotels and really just hospitality in general um, it's still a real estate asset. It still has cash flow. It still has tax advantages. It has all of the normal benefits and things that many investors love about real estate, which was my mindset at the time. Um, but what I didn't take into account that this is a living, breathing organism 
24 7, 365. We have people in and out. We have hotel employees. We have a brand to uphold. And so it was really an operating business. And when I got in there, I got baptized. I got my ass kicked in a way that um, was humbling. And it was also one of the best things that ever happened to me. Same thing with COVID. That was one of the best things, even though I was like, shit, this, this ship's going down, man. It was also the best thing that happened. And we not only rebounded and recovered, we crushed it. So that is something that, um, you know, you never know when your darkest moment is also going to turn into one of the brightest spots in your life and be something that fuels you and charges you in a way that you could have never imagined possible until you just get in there. And so I know there's a lot of people that always have the fears and the doubts, the what ifs. Um, and I can totally relate to that. I think for me, I look at fear now. I've totally changed the psychology in my brain of every time I feel that fear the first time I ever got in front of a microphone or stood in front of an audience full of thousands of people or made an investment or did X or Y or Z. I now look at that as a call to adventure and go, all right, I know I'm going to learn something about myself in this experience. And I lean into those moments. And especially when you do that more and more and more, like when you were scared of something, anybody can relate to insert X or Y or Z that you were scared of. You did it anyways. You got through it. You look back. I still got a pulse. My wife still loves me. My kids still think I'm the coolest dude on the planet. Right. I'm not, you know, completely that goes away, by the way. Broke. and <laughs> I'm thinking and, you're cool. We'll last about another two years. And with that being said, right, you go, OK, I can do this fear overcome turns into confidence. And so now my psychology around these things is I'm going to figure it out. And it creates more opportunity and it opens up the landscape of one, what is physically possible for you in your world, but also mentally what you're capable of taking and, you know, chewing down, um, you know, kind of the one bite at, a, bite at a time on the elephant analogy. So that's really what my hotel journey is looking like right now. Um, you know, three hotels, we're working on the development of the fourth. Um, and the hospitality piece is so cool because, you know, I was telling you, um, you know, my strip center right around the corner, I can't go and take my kids to experience and have fun at the liquor store or the dog washing place, but I can take them to my hotels up in Lake Tahoe and create epic memories and experiences, not only with my family, but do that for other people. And so that's a component that I really love and enjoy about hospitality, whether it's a hotel, whether it's a little tiny boutique lodge, whether it's a short-term rental Airbnb and a location that you want to go and visit and enjoy with your family and rent out you know, to other guests, um, in other parts of, you know, the timeline. Great. That's all awesome things that you really can't get. And maybe other asset, uh, verticals or classes in real estate. And so that's been something that's been really, really fun. And something I'm really enjoying about this, you know, season of my journey. I love it, man. And I'm doing the same. I put it out there. So I got to finish a sentence. Um, like you, I'm not doing hotels yet. Might look at one of your deals here soon. But uh, my investment partner, Clint Bartlett, and myself are looking at vacation destinations for cash flow opportunities that don't cash flow a ton. It's more of just having nicer property that we can go stay at ourselves and bring our families, get our families more involved in the investing side by getting them excited about that. The yep. most recent adventure, I'd said I bought this used boat in Omaha. It's just a small 22 and a half foot uh, speedboat. But my brother and I are looking at purchasing a catamaran, 40 to 44 foot catamaran, and sailing it around the world. And we're going to do it over the next couple of years. And I had never even heard this strategy before, but you can essentially 
buy a boat, sail it a, a month or two weeks, uh, leave it in one destination. Like let's say you sail to Fiji, fly home, leave it there until you're ready to go to Fiji and keep on trucking. And what I'm excited about with the strategy is my family's always traveled. We've done tons of international travel. They want to travel. Um, and this will give us an excuse so that we can fly out, sail for a little bit. They'll fly home. And then my brother and I would continue on for a couple more weeks. But if anyone that's listening is any uh, has any sailing skills and wants to hit me up on that, I would love more information. But um, I also want to share with the audience before I jumped on today to prove that what Maddie is saying is true. I have a boat in Alaska that I rent out once a year and I extended an invitation to Maddie. It took him about half of one second and he's like, yeah, I'm in. And the thing that I find is when you put yourself in a position where you can surround yourself with millionaires, they're like-minded individuals and they present you with opportunities, you say yes. And I don't believe in the say yes to everything. Actually, I say no more than ever now in my life. But you say yes when it helps you answer your your deathbed cry. And Maddie said it perfectly. He wants to look back and go, damn, that was a hell of a ride. So now he can ask himself, would the trip in Alaska with Jeff Cohn be a damn, that was a hell of a ride? Would the new adventure in San Antonio be a damn, that's a hell of a ride? And so you can live by the mantra when you get asked to speak. I was scared to death. I spoke at Keller Williams Family Reunion in 2020, right before the pandemic, and was invited by um, Gary Keller to go up in front of like 22,000 people as part of a panel. And I was scared. People are like, dude, why are you scared? You speak all the time. I'm like, it's scary. It's a lot of people. I don't want to let anyone down. I want to do a good job. And for me, it wasn't just, oh, he, was, he did okay. I wanted people to think I did a great job. I wanted to bring a lot of that massive value. And you, because of the self-awareness, it sometimes, sometimes can be a double-edged sword. So in closing, Maddie, you know, thanks again, obviously, for coming on. You always do such a great job. Um, a lot of people listening, you know, they are just building their team for the first time. They are just getting invited to go speak, at, um, you know, at their brokerage for the very first time. What would be some of some of the things you feel like they could do in their lives to help them prepare for some of these challenges, some of these pits that you talked about? Because there are the peaks and valleys. Um, are there any books that you'd recommend? Any podcasts you'd recommend? Any mastermind groups they could potentially look into in their city? Yeah, I mean, I think... The answer is yes to all of them, right? They, like, there's so much access to information. Um, if anything, I would say it's access to a circle that is going to be the game changer for people because those people are going to have the right information, the right podcasts, the right books. And so for me, what I would start with is going back to, are you clear on what your vision for your life or for your business or for your family? And, you know, I just kind of use the overall umbrella of like, are you clear on what that vision is? I call it my North star. I do a vision statement every year. I call it the rich life clarity contract. It goes through the, all the gardens of life and ultimately asks you tons of detailed questions. Most of questions that people don't ask themselves. But when you do ask yourself those questions and your brain goes to work of actually thinking, what is it that I actually want as an answer to this question in this garden, you start to get a lot more clarity in what you want for your life. And then that can become your vision statement. That can become your North Star. And when you know- Where can we find those questions? Sorry to cut you um, off. Where can we find those questions? Yeah. So people can email me at maddie8millionermindcast.com if they want those. It's just really a question list that I do for myself. Um, and- when you get clarity, you won't get a ton of emails. He's super scared. He like said that so quick. I <laughs> no, bet you get less than five. If you get more than five emails, I will give you a hundred dollar gift card to you and your wife's favorite restaurant, Maddie. Say that email address one more time. Maddie, Maddie A. A. Yeah, M-A-T-T-Y-A at millionermindcast.com. I'll be happy to share that. You know, it's a I, I share it out with a lot of friends and, and other people every single year. And something I do every year. 
And that becomes your North Star. And what's cool about that is talking about self-awareness, right? When you're clear on what it is that you really want for your life, it becomes so much easier to say yes and or no to the right or the wrong things that are either distractions that pull you out of that vision and away from that vision, or it gives you the ability to say, hey, this is congruent with where I'm going, what I say I want for myself. Yes, I'm in. And so I think that's probably step number one, get clarity in what that North Star is. And then, right, you can start aligning with relationships, experiences, opportunities that are synergistic with that and serve that instead of pull you away from that. Because that's the biggest challenge, especially for people like us as entrepreneurs who want big lives, big bank accounts, big businesses, right? We look at all of the things that people are doing and go, well, I'm a talented individual, you can be good at a lot of things, but what can you be excellent at? What can you be world-class at? And that's where I think a lot of people, ultimately that becomes the ceiling for their life and they never break through that. And so when you can get clear on what that is, it becomes so much easier to break through ceiling after ceiling and make it floor after floor as you continue to level up and have those stepping stones, those breadcrumbs that are moving you towards that vision of life. It's that self-awareness piece. Let me share one last thought surrounding self-awareness. And this, I never even considered this until I joined GoBundance and I'm building out all these bucket list items and my vision board and what I dreamed my life would look like the next 12 months to five years. All of us think of a vision board, right? You've heard of all the MLM companies. They'll get people to cut stuff out of a magazine. You have these vision boards. And we encourage all of our agents and staff across all of our businesses to create these boards every year as well. Kind of like Maddie said, is the North Star. The thing that most people never recognize and or have never personally experienced is that board is only meant to serve the next 12 months to five years, depending on what goals are on it. The real purpose is to remove the things you accomplish and add new things. So never in my life, perfect, Maddie, share us with us. What is that, this year's? Yep, so this is my three-year vision statement. I also have it framed up on my wall. Um, so and digital actually, images that represent your goals that you then yeah. can put on a screen or print if it off. If you go to YouTube and type in Matt HSN digital uh, virtual vision board, actually that will take you through the Rich Life Clarity contract, will help you get clear on what that vision is. And then it shows you exactly my process of how we Google the images, get them all into one cool little thing like this. I have it one in my office. I have it two on my desk. I have it in my gym bag. I have it in my car. I get intimate with this vision every single day. I'm in proximity to the things that I tell myself I want. And dude, it is insane. I got a new, so I don't know if people can see, I got a new car this year. I just bought my third hotel up in Lake Tahoe waterfront. I built out my wife's uh, dream um, library. Uh, closing on a big commercial building. Uh, we're going to Disney World this year. My stock portfolio is crushing it. I'm in the best shape of my life right now. I've got meal planning done. My YouTube channel is doing great. My wife and I took a jet set. I helped my mom buy a car this year. Like it's unbelievable. Everyone hates Maddie right now and you shouldn't hate him. The thing that's fascinating about this is he didn't pick that this year and then all those things happened. Those were on his vision board five years ago, some of them. And those have been things you've been working on and grinding above your head, says the grind over and over. But the thing, Maddie, that I didn't recognize, and I'm a fairly self-aware person, was that everything you have on that board is going to change next year. Uh-huh. And so imagine how much bigger Maddie's life goes next year. And then the next year, he says he's in the best shape of his life. But in five years from now, he might be in a shape that he never could vision. And it might be a mental shape. It might be a different aspect right. of what physical shape means. And... I think so many people, because they don't check the first thing off, 
they lose the next thing. It's like hiking a 14 or I've used this as an example in the past. If you've never hiked one, go hike one. It's amazing. And they become addicting. So what 14 or do you not get to go on? Cause you weren't willing to do the first one. What speaking gig will you not get to do because you didn't do the little one and you were scared. You don't know what those can build into. And that's, that's all about taking risk and being willing to go to the valley and the shadow of death to be able to get to the peak. And we challenge our listeners to do it. And we know a lot of other people have failed really big and have come back from that. And it's okay to fail. Who cares what everyone around you says? I oh, like, yeah. when you know, I like roughing all the feathers. I always joke about that. If you're not, you're not playing with enough chickens. Maddie Aitchison, everyone. Thank you so much for coming on today. This is always a great time to chat with you, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you for all the sharing. And for anybody that hasn't come out yet to one of our events, we host three in-person events a year called the Team Building Workshop in Omaha, Nebraska. One main event every year called the Team Building Summit. We can sell tickets right now for next summer's Team Building Summit. Be sure to go check out that information and learn more about our team leader coaching product, our investor coaching product, our individual agent coaching product, all at EliteRealEstateSystems.com. And until next time, thank you, Maddie. Yeah, 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 yeah.